The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Curry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Let's get it out of here. Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins tonight on TNT. Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson and the 12th In Sports Network crew powered by Isagenics. Episode 40 of the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th and Sports Network powered by Sagenix. Bryce Atkinson joined this week by President and CEO and also very good friend Jerry Gertz. We will get into all things curling, especially the Women's World Championships ongoing up in North Bay, Ontario. We will also get into the upcoming Men's World Championship in Las Vegas, Nevada, where we will both be. I cannot wait for that. And also, uh, we will talk with guests Monica Walker and Colin Huffman. Monica, uh, the competing right now as the lead for Team Sinclair up at uh, the Women's Worlds, and then certainly Colin Huffman, second for Team Pooh Bear Persinger. So we will talk with them here in a little bit. But first, bring in Jerry here as a quick shout out, Jerry. I want to make sure we get this in early. A shout out to our Team USA Paralympic team that competed at the recent Paralympic Games. Those guys. Uh, had a lot of pride watching them compete all week. I know it didn't go how they wanted it to go, but those guys had a lot of fun. Just shout out to Penny and Megan, uh, Justin, Kirk, and Steve. Congratulations. Just way to represent Team USA. So I wanted to make sure I plugged those guys before we go any further. But, Jerry, how's it going this week? Uh, the Women's World's in full swing. Yeah, it's been uh, pretty fun watching and following along. Um, it's nice to actually be home for a bit. <laughs> Finished up the uh, the Elite Ten Grand Slam in uh, Winnipeg uh, last weekend, and that was uh, pretty hectic and pretty busy. Yep. But uh, a few days at home with the kids, the family, and and just tracking everything, following everything uh, from here. Yeah, I'd see uh, Schuster and those guys. It sounded like there was a lot of excitement with them uh, in the house there in Winnipeg, uh, back on the ice competing. They they get their win, a win in that very first game against our our, our man Gunner, but then it was just kind of a rough going after that. Where uh, you know I think some of that not being on the ice really caught up with them, eh? Yeah, you know what? It was good to see them get a win because it was yeah. kind of that expectation that they would come out and not win anything. Sure. Um, the fact that they've been on a whirlwind tour, they didn't, I'm not even sure they got a chance to really step on the ice and have any practice at home yeah. together as a team. So, you know, to go essentially th- almost a month since they've thrown their last stones to step into competition and play again yeah, is, uh, you know, that's, that's hard to do. And for those guys, they came out, they represented well, and, you know, they did a pretty good job and, you know, no shame in, in the results and, 
you know, I've heard some people say that, you know, they should hang it up for the season and, and not play anything else. And, you know, that they're going to tarnish the, what happened at the, uh, at the Olympics. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're looking at a team who, who still loves to play the game. Yeah. And, you know, they're looking forward to, to next season. You know, they've got opportunities to bank some, some more money to finish out the year and and some points to climb the order of merit rankings to lock down a spot in the grand slams next season yeah and you know it's just having you know it's just understanding what is probably going to happen to this team yeah you know knowing that you know you're you're not going to be playing that they haven't been playing that they haven't been training and to grab that win was still was still uh, you know a good result and you know they represented well in the rest of the games too I don't, yeah yeah no shame in their performance overall no I mean they were competitive uh, I mean pretty much through the whole thing and I read Matt Hamilton <laughs> I read Matt Hamilton's comments I don't know where I read them but basically saying well I kind of would have liked to have stayed home and, and hung it up but. Um, you know, they'll be playing in the Players' Championship coming up. Uh, that one's going to be in Toronto. Uh, that one's April 10th through the 15th. But I believe they are not going to be at the Champions Cup uh, to end the season, the 24th through the 29th. I don't know if that's official or anything yet, but that is just everything that I've been told and heard. Yeah, it sounds like they have a, an Olympic uh, um, like an Olympic athlete uh, thing going on that week, so... <laughs> Um, where the the athletes are recognized at the White House or something yeah. like that. So, yep. so I think uh, I think they're going to miss out uh, that last event. But you know they'll get one more chance at the Players Championship, which is a twelve team event. Uh, so best twelve in the world will be participating there, and and uh, you know they'll get a chance. They'll be competitive there for sure. Yeah. By the way, I like the Elite Ten format. Give me give me the feedback with this. You know, basically playing skins. Is that uh, is that a pretty popular format? I really liked it. I enjoyed playing it, seeing it played that way. Yeah, so for most people, they'll have seen skins before in some sort of a format. Um, it is slightly different from skins. It's called uh, match play. Yeah. And the, the only difference from skins is that uh, you don't carry over the ends. Yeah. So if, if, you, you know, if you only score one with the hammer or there's a blank end, we saw a really interesting blank end uh, where there was a tie in the measure <laughs> and the players were a little confused as, as to what they were supposed to do. Cause nobody's blanking ends yeah. in this format, but the, the end is essentially halved, you know, it's the same idea as golf where if you tie a hole, you just, you know, you just move on. Yeah. And so now uh, you play for the end and, and you know, you go one up, one down or one up, two up, or you're all square when you're tied yeah, the format's interesting, and I talked to Nicholas Dean a little bit afterwards too. And you know, for for them, they feel you know drawing is not one of their strengths. But you got to be a great draw team in this format because it's placing stones. It's yeah. it's always action. There's always uh, you know play going on. I think the teams though are kind of toning the aggression down a bit because they know that when they make it too complicated, it's hard to get a deuce. Sure. And we're starting to see that trend that way, where I think the the scoring two to win the to win the end was was in the forty five percent range, mm-hmm. where it's been nearly a third, third, third in the past, where yeah. it's one third uh, deuces or more at the hammer, one third pushes, which is the tie, or, or and about one third steals. So you're starting to see the players learn how to play the format a little bit and. It definitely creates some exciting ends and exciting shot making. 
Yeah, congratulations to Mike McEwen and his team. Uh, I guess now his former team that they uh, they <laughs> <laughs> that they get the win. He's going to be going to play with Reed Carruthers now. Certainly, all the free agency has has been moving and has been moving quickly through the Canadian ranks, Jerry. It's been hard to yeah. keep up with uh, all the changes, but uh, we don't have m- much of that, if any, so far. Here in the U.S., thank goodness. Not to say that we won't at the end of the season, but there is a uh, there is more to go, and and we're going to get into it. Especially the women's World Curling Championships going on in North Bay right now, up in Ontario. Um, we can tell you we'll talk with Monica Walker in the next segment, and then Colin Huffman after that. But as we sit, Jerry, I don't want to get too much into this, but just a quick uh, let everybody know where the U.S. sits right now. Uh, with basically two overall draws left, but the U.S. will be playing in the final draw, and boy, what a way to finish out round-robin play against Team Canada, who is undefeated 11-0, leading the way ahead of 10-1 Sweden. The U.S. will take on Canada tonight live on NBC Sports Net at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as Jamie Sinclair and her team now 6-5, basically... I'll let you, we'll get into this here in the next segment, but right now the playoffs are looking pretty good for Team USA. I feel like going through all the possible scenarios about what can happen, that the USA has clinched a playoff spot based on Switzerland losing uh, in that last draw, that same draw that Jamie just played uh, the Czechs. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch of permutations about who can beat who and, and everything and all that stuff that all comes into play. The shootout will come into play as well as there's seven teams remaining for six playoff spots. China's currently on the outside. You know, we can, so, you know, when we go through this, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. I go through all the scenarios and I'm like, okay, I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm like 99.9999% confident in this. But uh, but until it's posted, I'm never a hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, because there's so many scenarios and and so many things that can happen that uh, that you know you just want to make sure you don't miss anything. Yeah. At this point, and just to you know go through it real quickly, uh, there could be a four way tie for, for three playoff spots between mm-hmm. Russia, the Czechs, USA, and China, and in that situation, you go to head to head. You would see. The Russia and the Czechs would be two and one within the group. USA and China would be one and two. But then you go back to head to head to break that tiebreaker again, and and the USA beat China. So the USA would have the sixth and final playoff spot there. There could be a three way tie between Russia, China, and Russia, China, and 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 the USA. So in that situation, you go to the shootout. And based on the, the calculations in the shootout, China cannot catch the United States right now. Like if, if the USA missed the house on both of theirs and China pinned both of theirs to finish the last game of the round robin, they still wouldn't be able to catch the USA. Then we also have the possibility that the Czechs, the USA and China could be tied. And in that situation, um, the Czechs beat both those teams, the Czechs beat China and the United States, so the Czechs would be number one. Then you go back to the head-to-head between the USA and China, and again, USA got that win. So everything is looking good for USA to be in. But, as you mentioned, not official. So not but- a, Definitely not official yet. They won't make it. The WCF, for the same reasons, will not make any, yeah. make any announcements because... 
they definitely don't want to, uh, you know, make a mistake in a situation like this. Right. So until until we see the games finish off, um, right. yeah, it looks like the USA is in, but uh, and and then so China's got one path, and that looks like it's through the Czechs, and so they're still at risk. Should the USA win tonight against Canada, you'd see Russia, the Czechs, and China uh, all or China win and the Russians and the Czechs lose. You could have that three-way tie at six and six between them. Right now, China is actually ahead of the Czech Republic by 12 centimeters total. Wow. In the shootout. Wow. That's 0.6 centimeters on the average. So that means that the shootout for both those teams is definitely going to matter tonight. Wow. Wow. That is just incredible stuff, how close it comes. All right, we'll talk about the Women's uh, World Championships uh, here coming up uh, a little bit later. Next, Monica Walker, and after that, Colin Huffman, then Jerry Gertz and I will be back to wrap it up and talk about the Women's Worlds in North Bay when we come back here on the Extra Extra End. Welcome back in, and we're going up to North Bay, Ontario, site of the Women's World Curling Championships, Team USA, more importantly, Team Sinclair, and Monica Walker, the lead, joining us for a few minutes here is they'll be back on the ice two games today, depending on when you're listening to this Thursday, but I guess, Monica, let's just start off real quick. You guys, uh, four and four at this point after uh, five draws complete or five days complete getting ready for two games today and then obviously finishing two games tomorrow. Just real quick, what has it been like so far in North Bay for Team Sinclair this week? Yeah, I think um, it's been really great. Um, This kind of world thing is a new experience for some of us, and there's a lot more to the competition than you think, just with the media and the crowd and all that. So we've kind of settled in at this point, and we're looking forward to the last kind of bit of the competition here. and we're excited to hopefully get a couple wins that'll get us into the playoffs. Yeah, and you, you're one of the ones on this team that has – you do have world experience. Uh, in 2015, obviously you competed at the World Juniors, but, you know, the two, 2015 Worlds. Um, first-timer for uh, for Jamie, and I know uh, being on this kind of stage is – it's tough, uh, especially with, like you mentioned, media and the crowds and television and stuff like that. But, I mean, that's just, that's an added uh, experience that you have brought to this team and haven't been there before. Yeah, for sure. Um Looking back to the team that I was on in 2015, um, we just there's so much that you learn from your first experience, and um, being here now, mm-hmm. it just seems so much more relaxed and uh, manageable, I guess. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to bring that kind of uh, level-headedness to the team now, and just try to keep things in perspective. And what's great is that we've played a lot of these teams before, mm-hmm. um, so it's really just going out there and doing our thing. And what have the crowds been like there at North Bay Memorial Gardens? It looks like clearly, as you would think, the evening sessions have been you know outstanding. But it really seems like since the very get go uh, last Saturday, just it's been a fantastic atmosphere inside. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, the crowd has been huge. Uh, even the morning games have quite a few people there, and um, it's something that we don't. Being from the U.S., we don't have huge crowds at our nationals by any means compared to the East crowds. So it takes a little while to get used to. Um, we do a lot of nonverbal communication, yeah. and um, but it really is great to play in front of a crowd. It brings a different energy to the game, and we love it. 
So, so you're telling me what the crowds have been there at uh, North Bay Memorial Gardens has been a little bit different than Shields Arena in Fargo. Am I kind of am I feeling that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was saying that it's a little bit different than uh, in the U.S. We don't typically have as big of crowds in the U.S. So when we're playing here, um, we're just using that crowd to generate energy, and it just amplifies the game for us. Yeah, well, it's awesome watching you guys out there, and I know uh, Lynn Baird, your uh, Scott Baird, your coach, his, uh, his wife, and a lot of the family up yeah. in the stands, I believe, were converting some local students into Team USA fans. It was easily audible on the stream and on television yesterday, so I know that also helps when you hear some "Go USA, uh, Go USA" chants, uh, you know, in there as well. Yeah, I mean, we all, we all have family members here watching, but Lynn is by far our biggest fan. Um, she's just become a media darling in a lot of ways. Um, she's always on the big screen uh, with her USA outfit, and she's really rallied the troops to support us, which we greatly appreciate. So, Yeah. So we continue with Monica Walker, lead for Team Sinclair, before we get to the on-ice stuff and what's ahead. You know, you guys uh, were at the patch, uh, signed some autographs early in the week, and then just the other night had the up-close-and-personal taking the stage uh, for Team Sinclair. You know, just give us a little bit of a taste what that was like. Yeah, um, that's also something that we don't do at our own nationals, and I think it's a great experience um, to get used to speaking in public in front of crowds and just having a, a platform to share our story a little bit. Um, so, yeah, just having the opportunity to interact with fans is always great, and it helps us promote our team too, so we appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, off the ice, you have a little bit of time. You had one draw Tuesday, so a little bit of time away to kind of, uh, you know, recharge and everything. What have you guys been doing besides watching Bachelor reruns, you know, between draws? What, do you, what have you guys kind of done, you know, with a little bit of time away from the ice? You know, honestly, um, the schedule's pretty grueling. Yeah. Um, when we're not curling, it feels like we're either eating or sleeping, and certainly not watching Bachelor reruns, <laughs> at least in my room. Um, Your pink room is so, it? Did, did, I, did I have it or did I hear that right? Maybe a one of y'all got a pink room. Was that you? Yeah. Um, there's a uh, there's a um, breast cancer awareness room in our hotel, and mm-hmm. luckily enough, Vicky and I got that room. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we, we don't have a lot of downtime really. Um, just trying to been using the recovery boots a lot that kind of help our legs rest a little bit. Um, it's definitely been kind of, um, kind of a fast paced schedule coming right in after nationals. We didn't have a lot of downtime in between events, so we've been trying to just take it easy. Yeah. All right. Uh, continue with Monica Walker lead for team Sinclair. Again, they'll be on the ice coming up two o'clock on this afternoon, Thursday. And then again at seven o'clock tonight, got a pair of draws today. Um, on the ice, let's get to it. I mean, kind of, kind of an up and down, but sitting at four and four right now in the thick of the playoff hunt. I know there's one or two that you guys might da- like to have back, especially Japan and Korea, that really came down to basically last shots that you lost by one. But mm-hmm. uh, it's still in the thick of everything, right where you want to be with six teams making the playoffs, Monica. Yeah, um, we feel like we're in a really great position to make the playoffs. Honestly, we were playing fantastic. Um, a couple of the games haven't quite gone our way, but that's kind of how it goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know exactly what we need to do to get ourselves in a good position for the playoffs. So yeah. we're pretty confident about that. All right. Uh, Denmark, I believe we've got it right. Denmark and Germany today, then the Czechs yep. tomorrow. But I know not looking ahead, but that 
you you alluded to and I think touched on it uh, before we were cutting out, but Friday night, prime time, 7 o'clock uh, against the home country on their home soil, and this would be Team Canada clearly in Jennifer Jones's rank. I know you guys have thought ahead to that. How fun will that be tomorrow night? Yeah, I think it's going to be a great experience, um, in part because of the crowd and the energy, uh, and obviously playing um, such an experienced, well-known team is always high pressure, high energy. Um, and I think it's important for Jamie too. just, um, you know, she's got a lot of Canadian friends here watching. And so there's a lot of mixed emotions. Um, but I think it's a positive experience for us to be in a high pressure game like that. Lots of media exposure. And um, hopefully we're in a position where um, we can play well and show what kind of team we are. And um, I think it's just going to be great. We're excited. Uh, you guys have shown that uh, you're a force already and uh, much more to come with four more games. But, Monica, we're just pulling hard for you guys. Just keep it up and, uh, yeah. you know, finish strong. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us, Monica. That's Monica Walker, the lead for Team Sinclair. All right. Appreciate Monica joining us for a few minutes there as they have a the little bit of time away before two draws Thursday to Friday. That final push to hopefully – find their way into the top six and make the playoffs at the 2018 Women's World Curling Championships there in North Bay, Ontario. All right, we'll be right back here. Step away. Coming right back with a whole lot more here on the Extra Extra In Podcast. All right, the Extra Extra In rolling along here, and we're going to roll to the Twin Cities. Actually, these guys rolling up north to Duluth, the House of Hearts this weekend. But we're going to chat with Colin Huffman, second for Team Persinger, riding shotgun there with Richie Ruin. And right now, Colin Huffman, you can follow him on Twitter, at Colin Huffman, and that's just one F. The pride of Fairbanks, UW now curling out of the Twin Cities. Colin, what's happening, brother? Not much, man. And just to clarify, that's Washington, not Wisconsin. That's uh, everybody knows. You Dub. If people don't know, the real U Dub. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, a Husky, not a Badger. But anyway, look, you guys have uh, come off the ice. You guys get the win at Nationals. You're going to get your first taste, uh, you know, of Worlds coming up, man. What's it just been like, Colin, since you guys won it in Fargo? Now preparing to go to Vegas next week. Yeah. Well. I've been to one world competition before. Uh, it was the Junior World Championships. It was way back in 2002. So yeah. It's been a long time. Uh, we did not do well yeah. at that World Championships. And so what I really took away from that was I don't want to get to another one of these unless I'm with a group of guys that I feel like has put in the work and uh, can go perform on the ice. And I, I think we have that. Yeah. So, I mean, I've never been more confident. Uh, you know, we wouldn't be – we wouldn't have been able to do to accomplish what we did if we weren't all on the same page. And, and I've never been more confident in a group of guys I've been playing with. So feeling good. Yeah. And I mean, the team dynamics, I mean, it was clear watching you guys and y'all talked about it in, in Fargo, just from the minute you guys played your first event, I believe the U S open in Blaine, just things really clicked. And we obviously know they clicked in, in Fargo. You guys only lose once, but it just looks like the team dynamics, uh, obviously the change, bringing Richie in, playing loose, having a good time, just simply enjoying the time on the ice together now. Yeah, absolutely. And actually our first event together was Eveleth. Okay. The Eveleth Cash. And we went 7-0 and in that one and won that as well. So, yeah, I mean, we've I, – I wouldn't even say it's a hot streak – because yeah. it feels like it feels like we can play this way every game. Yeah. So honestly, I I don't even think that 
we've necessarily put our absolute A plus game out there yet. Uh, I think we're playing very well, and and what you talked about the team dynamics and the fun we're having out there. What that really does, I think, is it brings a team's floor up. Mm-hmm. Like we don't, our worst game is going to be good enough to pick up some wins right now because we all are in it with each other. Like there's never going to be a time where someone's struggling and, and we're going to kind of, you know, kick them off the Island. Everyone right now is playing together, having fun. And it's, uh, it's a lot easier to make shots when you're, when part of the reason you want to make them is for your teammates. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, obviously no doubt about it. And again, continue with Colin Huffman and, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, you've won nationals before Colin, 2016, you guys uh, take home the title in Jacksonville, but you didn't get to go to Worlds, and how mm. much of it was different uh, in Fargo for you guys, knowing that you know basically it came down to a couple teams. You win the thing, you get to go play for the World Championship. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely made a difference, uh, especially in the hours leading up to the final, <clears throat> more so because hours leading up to the final in in Jacksonville. I mean, it was basically we went out there. And there was no pressure whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, there was probably more pressure on John and those guys than there was on us because, you know, you don't want to be the team that loses the final and has to answer those questions going into the world championships. And, you know, we didn't have the possibility of that. So we just went out and played loose. Uh, Whereas this was a bit of a different deal. You know, there was certainly a little bit more nerves, but I mean, we were extremely confident going into that game and, and the nerves were not, at all restricting like if anything it was more uh excited than it was afraid yeah. you know what i mean yeah no absolutely yeah. and i so you're you're going to vegas now i mean i guess first of all what in the world is this going to be like i mean you get to play huh. the world championships first of all you get to do it on home u.s soil with the home crowd clearly there'll be a ton of canadians and a lot of other countries represented but it's in the united states but it's in freaking Las Vegas, bro. I mean, it's Vegas. Yeah. I mean, it's on steroids. Yeah, right. And one month after a U.S. Olympic gold medal. I mean, yeah. so it's it's going to be insane. I've never I've never been to Vegas before. Oh, my so goodness. I feel, yeah. I've, uh, the only thing I can liken it to is the first time I ever went to an all-inclusive resort for a vacation. <laughs> the night before, I was, I was a little bit afraid of my well-being, to be honest with you. And uh, I think... We're kind of like that right now. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen. All right, so it's in Vegas. How how are you going to stake? I mean, wh- wh- how are you guys going to go about this thing? How are you going to approach it? Because, you know, you mentioned uh, the pressure, you know, playing in that final game, what was on the line. Yeah. But how do you guys approach this? Because, I mean, Vegas, the kind of crowds, worlds, I mean, how are you going to play loose and keep that, uh, you know, just that relaxed, fun dynamic that you guys have on the ice with everything that's going to be ongoing? Right. Well, one thing is, I mean, obviously, the first thing you do is you take a look at the schedule. Yeah. And for us, I mean, it's a lot of games for everyone. It's a 12-game tournament yeah. for every single team. So you're curling a lot. But we have a lot of morning games, which is one of those things where some teams don't like that. Uh, our team actually performs well in the morning games, and it makes it a lot easier to say, sorry, guys, I got to go to bed at the end of the night. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in Vegas... Uh, that's a good thing. So I, I think that for us, we'll have no problem dealing with any of the extracurriculars. Uh, you know, our team is an older team. We're experienced and we all want 
to make the most of this opportunity. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't see anyone, I don't see anyone doing anything <laughs> to jeopardize that. So, yeah, I, I think we're, I think we're ready from that, from that standpoint. Yeah, you guys will open against Japan at six thirty p.m. First game at the World Men's Curling Championships at the Orleans. Uh, hotel there going to be a lot of fun cannot wait to get out there as we're continuing with Colin Huffman and you know one of the biggest questions that I've heard people talk about is how in the world are you going to keep Richie out of the casinos I mean the guy there's no doubt about he loves his pull tabs he loves to gamble how are you going to keep him out of there for a full week yeah man I think it's like uh you know how they used to say about Michael Jordan, like, you can't guard him, you can only hope to contain him? <laughs> Not to say, I mean, Richie might be the Michael Jordan of pull tabs, so, you know, we can't we can't stop him, we can only hope to contain him, I guess. Well, I told somebody, I said, maybe that that's one job that they can give me while I'm out there, is that I can hold Richie's <laughs> wallet, because I can hold his wallet and tell him, you know, hey, I, just put me on his tab, because uh, nobody better to hang with than Rich Ruin. And so, as you guys are rolling up the road to uh, House of Hearts this weekend, I know it's a big, uh, it's it's always a, a, a fun weekend, but it's for a special cause. Just kind of talk about it, your involvement with it, uh, Colin. Yeah, man. So I know Chris Plies, it's a, I think it started as a charity that kind of his dad either started or started as a result of uh, when his dad passed away. I know they've, they've, their whole family, the Plies family's had a lot of involvement uh, in obviously the Project Joy, but also just in, you know, uh, doing work in kind of the food security area. And it, it's an awesome deal, man. It's $4 feeds a kid for a weekend yep. and I believe it's all school age children. Right. So any children that have any problems getting food on the table, uh, they're fed for that weekend, which I mean, is an awesome deal. Yeah. I think it's as far as charities go, it, it couldn't be a more kind of tangible, you know, right in your face thing. And it's, it's really easy to get on board and contribute to this because I mean, you know, it affects everyone and, and yeah. <clears throat> not being able, being able to feed a child is the simplest thing in the world. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not trying, it's not world peace, but it makes, it makes a kid's life a million times easier if they, if they don't have to worry about something as simple as putting food on the table. Yeah, absolutely. And I know just so many people involved with it, uh, you know, the polos, plies, Tyler George, uh, you know, yeah. big committee. It's just a massive weekend of fun, but for a fantastic cause, like you mentioned. And, yeah, man. You know, I already saw plies. Uh, you're skipping a team. Plies is skipping a team. Richie's got a team. I mean, so many people have got teams. I saw that plies is already smack-talking on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Do yeah, I have man, that right? Because he even said, at least he's channeling my Kentucky Wildcats, saying it looks like my path to the Final Four is a cakewalk. But that's with you in a possible second-round game, Colin. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. I, I think what he actually meant was it's like Kentucky in that all their players are one and done is what I think he meant. <laughs> Watch it. So I'm, Watch I'm pretty it. Sure, I'm pretty sure he's saying he's going to be one and done. So I, I don't think I'm even going to have to play him if I win my first game. So I'm, I'm pretty confident. <laughs> All right, uh, Team Pooh Bear, just real quick. Explain to yeah. everybody the told Team Pooh Bear, the nickname of Team Persinger. Where did Pooh Bear come from? To be honest, I don't think there's any, like, it, it didn't come from an event or anything, which is a bit of a bummer, but that's Greg's childhood nickname, which uh, let's just say he's not exactly super stoked that that's caught on. But uh, 
his lack of excitement only fuels the rest of us to perpetuate it. So I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. I smell some Team Pooh Bear uh, fatheads in <laughs> Vegas. I smell a lot of them, like the Dave Stavitag fathead that oh, yeah. uh, you know that Dave uh, apparently got real frosty about toward the end of yeah. uh, Nationals in Fargo and did not want to see him ever again. I think we yeah. should maybe kind of duplicate that. Uh, you know, that type of fun in Fargo with just Pooh Bear fatheads at Greg Galore. Oh, I think there's a really good chance. My buddy uh, Steve Berklett from Oh, Seattle, yeah. You know, you remember in, uh, oh, yeah. in Everett at the Nationals. He's coming out, so oh, boy. I'm sure there's going to be some flavor in the crowd. Dude, Definitely. Steve makes some wicked, awesome signs. If he's in oh, the yeah. house, those things will be like gold. I mean, 100%. gold. 100%. There will be, be no lack of uh, of creativity coming from the audience i guarantee that all right well colin appreciate a few minutes here on the extra extra in people can follow you on twitter at colin huffman once stated i believe on twitter maybe and maybe have the least amount of followers for somebody verified on twitter i don't think that's exactly accurate but people should follow you (laughs) follow the entire team at team persinger on twitter and facebook good luck man can't wait to uh catch up in vegas yep thanks bryce all right, that's the man, Colin Huffman himself, second for Team Persinger, otherwise known by some, especially Greg Persinger himself, is Team Pooh Bear. So appreciate Colin a uh, few minutes here this week on the Extra Extra End. Next week we'll catch up with Richie Ruinen, who is throwing four stone or third stones, but uh, on the broom and calling the game uh, for Team Pooh Bear. So good stuff this week. When we come back, we will wrap this thing up here on the Extra Extra End. All right, here we go. Final segment of episode 40, the extra extra in. Price Atkinson and Jerry Gertz talking some women's world championship curling. And first of all, before we go to the women's, uh, I'm excited about the men's field in Las Vegas, Jerry. We're going to be out there. It should be a fantastic time. One thing that gets me really excited about the men's world championship, how about the patch being poolside? How awesome is that going to be? Oh, that's going to be tons of fun. It's going to be hard to go to the games. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't remember who I was talking to. I think it was Derek Benson, maybe. I sent him a text or something or a tweet and said, you know, I'll have to have a cold one uh, at the patch because uh, I think he's coming one weekend. And said, yeah, we, uh, we got tickets, but we actually never made it the last time we were there. I think it was Continental Cup. I mean, it's just so much fun outside poolside, and I think the weather is uh, – think it's going to be kicked up a notch by the time we get there at least looking at the long-term forecast and so uh that is going to be an epic week i hope if any of our listeners are coming they'll come by say hey find us uh just simply have a great time i don't know how you could not have a great time with curling in the middle of the desert oh yeah it'll be uh it'll be so much fun down there i've been down there for uh two of the continental cups and and the atmosphere was always amazing you know, they put on such a great show and, you know, that was, that weather was in January where, you know, it was reasonably nice during the day, but it got pretty chilly at night. Yeah. I've been to Vegas for some fantasy baseball drafts in, in like this same time frame, eh? end of March, beginning of April. And the weather is spectacular in Vegas there. The pools are open. And so, you know, it's the same reason the pool was never open when the Continental Cup was going on is that the weather wasn't nice enough for the for the people down in Vegas, you know, I'm sure a lot of the Canadians would have been pretty happy to sit poolside in January (laughs) in Vegas, but, uh, it still gets pretty chilly in the evenings there. Yeah. 
Well, it's going to be epic. It's going to be a ton of fun, man. I cannot wait. And the fields uh, of the teams look good. You know, it's not going to be the heavy hitters, the usual heavy hitters, but it's still, nonetheless, it's going to be a really good field and in a really good week. But uh, let's talk about the women's side, everything going on uh, up at the Women's Worlds. Canada, it's just, uh, I mean, they just look unstoppable right now. Jennifer Jones, 11-0, but the Swedes, 10-1. Had a great game against uh, against Canada that they uh, that they dropped, but really it's it's Canada and Sweden right now, and then you pretty much have everybody else. And you mentioned Korea; they're seven and three. They're in third place solo, followed by Russia in fourth at six and four. Then you got the Czechs in the United States six and five, and then China at five and six. That's basically seven teams that have a shot at uh, the six playoff spots. And as we know, Korea, Sweden, and Canada have all clinched, Jerry. Yeah, so it's it's definitely a, a bit of a top-heavy battle. Canada has been very, very good this week. But they've, you know, I, I think there's definitely some spots where they can be beaten. You know, they've, they've kind of struggled a little here and there. Um, but, you know, in general, and, and this is classic Jennifer Jones, she finds ways to win. Yeah. Like she's always, you know, putting rocks in good places and setting things up the way she plays the game, you know, rocks in play. She adjusts to her opponents well. And, and it's, it's just, especially on what looks like ice that seems to be a little bit challenging at times because they seem to be having a hard time reading the draw weight in some paths. Um, you know, I think they're adjusting pretty well. Yeah. It's going to take a team to step on the ice and play an aggressive style against Jennifer and, and play well to beat her, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you go back to the Swedes, they've been, they've been playing, they've been really strong this week. Uh, had a real tight one, had to steal the extra end against Russia last night. Uh, but, uh, played really well to do it. That Russian team is, has got so much potential. Yeah, that is a scary good team. And the thing that makes them even even scarier is the fact that they don't really play a traditional style all the time. They're a little outside the box. So you never really know what to expect from them. And, you know, that's part of what gets them into trouble sometimes. Um, You know, they almost gave up three to Sweden last night in the 10th end because they had a center guard in play. Yeah up to and they still had a center guard in place so that you know that was a little weird didn't see whether that was an execution error or a uh or just a uh you know a call but uh you know it's it's intriguing and then of course you've got uh you know the Czechs. that's a good team they won the uh european tour championship last year beating a good field yeah um i think they're finally getting their feel out on the ice in championship play but this is a solid lineup that tours, that travels the world. They played in Canada a few times this year. And I think they've got some some great potential. And then, of course, you've got Jamie Sinclair in the United States. You know, they've really done some great work this week setting up games. Yeah. Uh, that's another team that's actually been digging into the analytics a little bit. And it's great to see uh, them 100% buy into it. Mm-hmm. They've got their own uh, analyst that's been working with them all week, and 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 you're seeing them do things a little different. Like they they're among the best in the world with with the hammer, yeah. But without the hammer, they do struggle a bit, and it's more because they don't play it aggressive enough. 
and he's getting some results out of them. He's getting them to to play a little outside the box and, and open up a bit. And, and, you know, I, th- I think we're seeing results out of it. Um, we have seen some hiccups out of, out of Jamie and the team a little bit late in games where they've missed some shots for wins. They just, uh, she had to hit a catch a piece of the button for the win over the checks and she slid just a hair deep. You know, it's something that, you know, shots like that, you, you can never replicate that experience until you actually step on the ice and do it. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I hate this, you know, you, you, you hear this word choking in curling sometimes, and I don't think it's a fair uh, a fair label for most of these because it's hard. You step in the hack, you're you're looking at a situation where your one shot now wins the game, and you've made this shot a million times in practice, but you can't replicate that that uh, you know situation. You know yeah, your heart rate pressure. is up, your adrenaline, yeah. the pressure, the adrenaline is racing. What ends up happening is, and this is the case for most people, not everybody is, is like this, but for most people, what happens is, is you kick out of the hack harder than you think you do. Yeah. Because of the adrenaline, the the way your body reacts to it. So you need to actually sit back and realize that this is going to happen. And and when you do that, you know you got to make sure you throw it a little lighter than you do. So yeah. you got to really focus on process over results which is hard to do in that situation. Same thing. There's, there's very few players who stepped on the ice and made those pressure shots the first time they, they had them in yeah. a big game to win a big title. And it's the reason why these teams play on tour. It's why they go play all these events so that they get an opportunity to, to get into a situation like that, to win big games. And, and I'm, you know what? The more of these that Jamie gets, the better she's going to be for it. And, and, you know, Kevin Martin, Glenn Howard, they all went through it. We all remember some big games that they've lost in situations with shots like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, you'll see, uh, you'll see them be better for it. And, you know, now that they're most likely into the playoffs, it looks like they're lining up with Korea potentially to play. And you know what? We're talking about a team that they had a shot to beat yep. in the extra end. Same situation where she had to hit full forefoot and she was heavy. You know, she threw that one through the rings. This one against uh, the Czechs, she slid just a hair heavy back four. You know, I think she's getting better. She's getting closer to where she needs to be. Yeah, and all their losses outside of really the loss to Mosieva and the Russians, uh, eight to five. I mean, and that's not a bad loss. Um, you know, everything they've lost, uh, Team Sinclair has just been by two or less. And you know, Hasselberg beat them six four, but after that, you know, they lost seven six to, to Japan, which Japan made an outstanding shot to force uh, Jamie to a, a really tough one at the end. Uh, you lose to Korea nine eight. That one could have gone either way, and clearly the Czechs this morning. That was uh, six to eight that they lost. But regardless, every team that they've lost to, it, I looked at it earlier this morning. They've beaten the teams that they're by and large supposed to. In the teams that they've lost to, were basically all playoff caliber teams that they're going to likely all be in the ti- final six with. So, you know. I was looking at it from a different lens, not just wins and losses, but you know, oftentimes we've seen, uh, especially Schuster and those guys. You know, they lost some games early in the Olympics. I know that's the Olympics, but of teams that they should not have lost to. 
Yeah, that's the hard part when you get to an event of this level. Yeah. Is that uh, you really need to focus on the details. Yeah. And that is something the analytics I find is huge for the teams who actually utilize it. Is that they step on the ice and they focus on the little things they need to do. They know exactly where an opponent is strong. And they don't let their mind wander. Yeah. You know, it's it's really easy to, to, to play an opponent that you're, quote, supposed to beat and kind of mail it in a little bit. Yeah. But if you, you know, you get back down to focusing on shot by shot, end by end, you know, okay, we got to watch out for this. you got to watch out for this. Like one of the things that I've actually been doing this week when with putting these reports together for the Swedes is I don't even know the win-loss record of the teams they're playing against. Yeah. That's really irrelevant. You're not looking at whether it, they've won or right. not. Right. You know, I don't really care whether a team is, uh, what their win-loss record is this week. And, you know, that's that's result at the end. You know, we're drilling down and trying to dig through the process and, you know, figuring, okay, you know, is this team doing well here? Are they scoring deuces well? Are they stealing? Are they forcing? And at the end of the day, you know, you do those things and you continue winning ends. Yeah. You continue scoring deuces, getting forces, stealing at the right time you're going to then, you know, be able to get those wins at the end of the day. And, and I, you know, I, I, there's been a lot of positive uh, step by Jamie's team this week. You know, this, this uh, relationship with them and, and the analyst that's been working with them is, is, is still very new. Yeah. So it's not going to be an overnight thing. You know, yep. there's still going to be a lot of, a lot of work there, but this team has so much potential, you know, them and, and, and Nina's team is in the same boat. You know, it's, Things look really good for USA Curling on the women's side right now with the with the depth and strength and you know we obviously can't forget uh, Corey Christensen's team either. I really think I really think the USA can have three teams in the top ten by the time the next Olympics rolls around. Goodness gracious, that'd be amazing. That'd be incredible. But I'm with you. I think there's it's it's definitely possible. And the bar has been raised. Uh, it has been raised in the United States. So. Look, uh, it's going to be a fun weekend to watch, see how this plays out up in North Bay. We will um, we will rendezvous uh, in Vegas coming up. Uh, Golly, I guess in about a week or so. You'll be out there a little bit before me. But, uh, yeah, we'll do this again. And uh, next week, Rich Ruinen uh, will join us. And maybe Jerry get Jerry back on next week to preview Men's Worlds. And then we'll bring you a bunch of stuff while we're out there in the desert. But, uh, you know, Jerry, let's have some fun this weekend uh, with uh, the finals up in North Bay. And, a lot more curling to go with the uh, the, the uh, two slams left, the Players' Championship uh, coming up in Toronto, and then in Calgary will be the Champions' Cup the very last week in April. There's plenty more on the docket. I don't see the end yet, and that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a busy season, and we're gonna get we're gonna get busier next season with the the World Cup coming from the WCF. I believe the final event will be running in May for that. Um, one, one final point about Jamie Sinclair's team. And, yep. and this is something I think uh, a lot of people forget, but three of the four players on the ice are rookies too. Yep. Monica's the only and, one I believe that has played in a world. Yeah. So to see the, the, the week that they're having and, and that they're in the mix and, and looks like playoff bound, you know, that's a, that's a great result for this team and, and something that they can certainly build upon. Yep. 
Absolutely. Well, if you uh, want to catch previous episodes of the Extract Trend, you can do so. You can check out uh, um, Blog Talk Radio. You can check us out, tesn.us forward slash podcast, the episodes there. Or certainly subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. If you've got an Android phone, you can use the Stitcher app uh, for all podcasts and things of that nature. So uh, download us, uh, give us a review, tell us what you think. Uh, Five stars would be great, but uh, we'll take even less because it makes... Regardless, five, four, three, whatever you want to give us a rating, it makes the podcast easier to find when you rate us on Apple Podcasts, the app. But appreciate everybody. Oh, it's got to be a, it's got to be a five there, Price. I mean, I would think. Five look, all day, I all would, day long. I would think fives, no doubt about it. Look, but you know what? We're biased when we do this show, right? Well, it's a little bit of bias. Uh, you guys are- yeah, you guys are doing a great job here, and and really bringing a lot of great coverage of of the sport to the to the United States, and and putting a, a U.S. focus on it, which you know is can only be can only grow with Schuster's win. So, you know, put post those fives, everyone. Please help <laughs> it out, and and yeah, and Price is right. It helps it helps everybody find the podcast. Like the man said, give us fives. But then again, we will see you next week here on the Extra Extra End. Appreciate everybody listening. For Jerry Gertz and Price Atkinson, thank you so much. We'll see you down the road. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra End podcast with Price Atkinson. Follow Price and the 12th End Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In podcast, powered by Isogenics. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes.